This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Talking a little Knicks in a minute. We'll turn our attention to the NFL. Uh, Gordon, let's wrap up our, our, our thoughts on the Knicks. They have Washington next in Washington. And I got to think that's I – know, I know it's Christoph uh, Porzingis and you're heading mm-hmm. to, to visit him. But, Gordon, the way Washington – and they can score defensively and eh, they got some issues. I mean, the way the Knicks play on the road, I would think that they got a good shot at winning that game. You would like to think so. Uh, anytime you start to get too built up on the Knicks, that's when yeah. they when they that's disappoint. When they well, here's the thing. I, clearly, the Knicks are not as good as the top five teams in the conference. What no. they have to make sure is they lock it down against the next five teams. They have right. to be the best team of those next five teams. And if they're the best team of those next five teams, they will be in the playoffs and not in the play-in. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the way they have to look at it. And, no and, and look, uh, am I am I overly confident that they can do that? No, but I think that they should. There's no reason why they are not in the mix. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not confident that any of those teams are going to run away and hide with the sixth spot. Yeah. No. You know the Heat. You think the the Heat have a reputation, right? Like they're going to get better as the season goes along. They're well coached. Um, so that would probably be to me the uh, the greatest threat. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Knicks should be able to play with, you know, the Pacers, the Heat, the Hawks, the Bulls, any of those teams. They should be. They should. And, you know, the Heat are just – they always hang around, Gordon. They just yeah. always do. Jimmy Butler – I don't care who it is. Now Jimmy Butler is really the, the go-to guy in that squad. You know, you got Hero who can shoot the basketball. You got, you know, um, Adebayo who's a, who's a fabulous player. In the, they, they're very good defensively. They're always hanging around. They're, they always have a chance. And they're like a – what team in the NFL? They're always around. They're almost like they're almost like the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They're always always going to be there, Gordon. They may have lulls. They may not play well, but down the stretch, they they know what time it is. They understand what they do. They kind of pace themselves because they've been in this a while with the veterans they have, and they come out of the trade deadline, and then right around early March, you see them start to gear it up, and then before you know it. They're right there, like two or three. <laughs> right. I, 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 I would, I would say the Ravens. You know, okay. maybe not the okay. number one team. That, the, yes. but they're always in the playoffs. They're always, always a threat around. to beat you. You know. So, uh, well, look, uh, we'll, we'll see how things go. But um, you know, the Knicks. There's no reason why. You know, coming into the year, I thought play-in would be uh, anything that like the play-in would be good. I would mm-hmm. sign for the play-in. Yes. If you can get above the play-in, that's a home run of a season. I'm sorry. Absolutely. For this team with the talent. Absolutely. As it is now. Now, we don't know. Come trade deadline, we may have to adjust our mm-hmm. – it would be nice to have to adjust Gordon's sure. thought process because it means that they got, you know, a big-time player. And they were like, "Wait, well, hey, guess what now? This is a little better. I like this. I like this. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Gordon, let's, let's give uh, this gentleman an early happy birthday wish. This is Trey, who's in Brooklyn, Texas. Trey, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Well, thank you so much, Larry. It is tomorrow. Thank, thank you for remembering, Larry. That's amazing. Well, that's a, a, pa, a Papa Spike. Gave me, gets the assist. I make the basket. Man, that, Papa, that, that Papa, Papa Spike right gets what the a, assist. What, what, what a mensch that guy is, man. That's, <laughs> that's my guy right there, man. I, I, I go to war with Uncle Spike any day of the week. Anybody mm-hmm. ever talk dirty about him. They're going to have a problem. So what did you think of the game tonight, Trey? Um, I thought, you know, it's, it's just like always, Larry. They start off well. They they, they get you a 50-point lead, man. But you know that they go, it's going to peel back. You know, We know this. 
Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't think there was a Knicks fan in the crowd that didn't know that they was going to cut into that lead. You know, yeah. um, I, like Uncle Spike said, man, I'm not worried about Brunson. Brunson's not a Nick yet. He's still playing like a Maverick. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. He doesn't know. He's almost. He's like a baby, Larry. He don't know. He don't know that you're supposed to miss those shots. You're supposed to miss those runners when you when you got that when you got when you got that Nick jersey on. You miss those runners. Those runners fall short. They fall off the rim. You don't get the offensive board. This kid is a breath of fresh air. And for once, I can truly say, I look at him in that number 11 jersey, and I don't have a problem. Anybody else that would have had that, wore that jersey, I would have said, man, that's Rod Strickland. Yeah, you don't yeah, just put that number yeah. on. And, and, yeah. and you know where I'm going with this, right? Yes, I do. You, 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 know, you know who shouldn't be in a jersey and they in one, right? Yes, I know. I understand. Okay. I get so it. what I'm telling you all, listen, I, no disrespect. The man is putting up numbers, and I get it. I heard you. But the thing about that dude is that he puts them up against hollow opponents. He never shows up in big moments against big opponents. GM, I like uh, it has not been the uh, – no, that has not been his strong point. That's for sure. So that yeah. – so and knowing that, that's another thing that we got to stop doing because for some odd reason, I don't know how this man gets the ball in his hand. I think it was at the 637 mark. He got the ball in his hand. It was a big turnover, led to a three. And he doesn't get back on defense when he turns the ball over because he thinks he's an actor and he thinks he's on Broadway. You're in Madison Square Garden, Julius. I need you to run back on defense. We don't need you shaking your head, looking at the rest, looking crazy. He irritates me, Larry. It's just – it, it's never going to work with me. I, the dude could drop seventy-five, Larry. It's never going to work with me. But you know, and and this is, and I sense your frustration, Trey. And thanks for the phone call. Enjoy your birthday. My Happy friend. birthday. Uh, and you know what happens, Gordon? He does those things when he's not scoring. Like, yeah. like the the scoring affects the other parts of his game. Mm-hmm. But he's not scoring. His defense, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't get back the same way. I mean, the rebounding is great. You know, he had double digit rebounds again. I mean, look, he's been doing double doubles. Give him credit. But those little things sometimes, it, and it happens in those key moments. I mean, he had six turnovers tonight, and there was a one occasion I remember where you know Brunson was like in the corner, like I'm open, give me the ball, and he had something else on his mind where he was dribbling and he was gonna pass it to somebody else waiting for the double team and then what happened was it wasn't the double team end up being a triple team and the ball got stripped i mean listen i don't care who you are that's why you never give up your dribble i don't care who you are you dribbling as a big man gordon you put the ball down you 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 become the size of the smallest guy in the court and look i i get trey's frustration i think we've all felt that frustration with julius at some point though you have to just get uh, adjusted to the fact he's here. He's not going uh-huh. anywhere. Until there nope. is a clear path to turning him into something significantly better, this regime is riding with Julius Randle. Yep. That's right. They are. I, I, you know, I think we both disagree with that. I think both of us have felt like during this stretch that we would be using this time <laughs> to be seeing just, you know, what are the paths to just improve. Right. Just, uh, you know, just, just check it in. Just, you know, just do say hello. Diligence. Yep, exactly. But uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. So no. if, if that's going to prevent you from enjoying whatever the Knicks do, well, I think you might have to find whatever. something else to do. I don't think you're going to be enjoying what the Knicks do. Here's what you got to do, Trey. Focus on Brunson. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy him. 
Enjoy his work. Enjoy Quickly, who's been playing better. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Quentin Grimes. Grimes Enjoy the young players that we've been begging to play. Because mm-hmm. they've been playing for for a minute, you know, so that's a good thing. That's a positive. That that's the best. And you have to say, like, you know, we all kind of thought Tibbs would never play the young guys. He's he's you know such a veteran coach. This, this is you know like the Knicks are kind of developing a little bit here. They are, they are right. They're developing their own. It's not just about. I mean, for all it feels like for the last twenty years, the, the, the Nick conversation has been, well, who can they get? Who who's a free agent? Who can they trade mm-hmm. for? And I'm not telling you that the guys that they're developing are going to be perennial all-stars or anything like that, but they are starting to develop some of their own talent, which it's been a long time since the Knicks have done that. It's been a long, <laughs> long time. Since the Knicks yes, have done that. Speaking of developing talent, well, this guy couldn't help develop talent, and now he's looking for another job. We'll come back. We'll hear about the now former. Offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. That's next. Plus, we'll talk Giants as well on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. There's a new guy that's going to be calling the signals for the Jets next year, looking for uh, helping to guide whoever the quarterback is for this franchise. Because uh, Mike LaFleur was told something that makes it very, very hard for him to come back. Yeah. You're fired. I mean, that was the worst kept secret going. I mean, there was a report <laughs> earlier today. He's been fired. And everybody, oh, no, no, no. He hasn't been fired yet. Well, how do you think this is going to turn out? He's going to get a new contract extension? I mean, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I don't know if Mike LaFleur is a good offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But I think there is. if we were going to sports court, Larry, yes. and we had to argue our case of who was to blame for the problems of the Jets – uh, I don't think that Mike LaFleur would be uh, found the most guilty. Let's put it that way. No. No, because, not the most guilty. Yeah. I mean, while he might not have been able to turn Zach Wilson into much of anything, uh, it, it seemed like the offense worked better with everybody else. I know yeah. it didn't work that well the last few weeks. Uh, you know, trotting Joe Flacco out there on a regular basis is not going to work well for you. Nope. But uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will turn out that Mike LaFleur is never a good offensive coordinator. I guess that is possible. Um, yeah, could be. But I, I don't know if he has the right quarterback to uh, to to make that work. And, and good luck. I mean, like, who are you going out and getting that now has the pressure of go fix Zach Wilson? Well, that is the that is the million dollar question, right? And it's probably going to be somebody who's a veteran who's had experience, I mean, that would be the smart thing to do if you're going to bring somebody in. It would be somebody who's a veteran. And I think it might be somebody, Gordon, so you rattle Robert Salas' cage, it might be somebody who's had head coaching experience as well. Because then you put on there, hey, guess what? Uh, You better make the postseason. And if you don't, what was the stat Michael Cave earlier today? 10 out of the 14 teams that are in the playoffs have offensive-minded head coaches? Absolutely. It just shows you, you you have to have an offensive. It does, unless the guy is Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. you have to have a guy who's, a, who's an offensive guy. Because if you don't, if you pick the defensive guy and you bring in the whiz kid, smart, whoever, the, the great, brilliant offensive mind is your offensive coordinator. If he's that good, he's going to get a head coaching job and leave. Yeah, that's right. No question about it. A lot of conversation, Gordon, about Woody Johnson demanding, really wanting Mike LaFleur to be fired 
And uh, Robert Sadler was hanging in there as best he could, trying to defend his guy. Rizzomini was on the Michael K show, and they asked him, did Woody orchestrate this exit? Robert Sala came out a week ago and publicly advocated for Mike LaFleur, stating all the reasons why they should keep him, and even referencing his own situation in San Francisco a few years about how he almost got fired, but Kyle Shanahan stuck with him, and they ended up going to the Super Bowl next year. So I think Robert Sala was trying to send a message in that press conference to Woody Johnson, like, look, let's relax, let's not panic. But from what I hear, I think Woody did want to make some changes on the offensive staff. Now, ultimately... Technically, contractually, it's Robert Sala's call. He has the final say on the coaching staff. So ultimately, it was Robert Sala's decision. Was there some pressure by Woody Johnson? Probably. But I also think, as I reported from a source, that you know, Michael LaFleur had been g- getting some interest from some other teams around the league with all the speculation about his job security. So some teams were calling, and I think the Jets just agreed to let him pursue those. All right, so Gordon, before we hear more from Rich, what does <laughs> yeah, that say? Teams were calling because they knew that Mike LaFleur was getting fired. Yeah, yeah. What is so he will get another job. He's going to oh, get, yeah. and he'll yeah. get, and he'll probably take a step. He may be quarterback coach or something yeah. of that nature, mm-hmm. and then he'll get back to the OC because Jet fans, you kind of know this. The, the the view of this team around the league is not the same as a lot of other teams as far as how they handle coaches, how they handle things. They they look at them. A little sideways, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. uh, in other words, they're going to say, well, yeah, Mike may, may not have done a great job, but look what he was working with. What did they do? Uh, how, you know, how did they, how, how did they discipline Zach Wilson? Because now we're starting to hear a little bit of that, you know, that, that he, you know, wasn't held accountable the way somebody else, other players were. And so, all you know, all the dirty laundry is coming out now, Gordon. Yeah, and uh, look, it's not that much of a surprise when they came out and said what they said about Zach Wilson, and they're going to stick with Zach Wilson. They're not going to trade him. Uh, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to release him. Well, if you're if you're sticking with him, your offense was what it was down the stretch of the season. Um, you lost six games to to end the season. You missed the playoffs again. You have a plan to, playoff mandate next year. Well, the, the coach is staying. The quarterbacks, all three can't fit. Right. No. Nope. One of those things has to change. That's right. And they decided to change the uh, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And according to reports, Woody wanted all the offensive people out. <laughs> the quarterback coach oh, and everybody. That, look, everybody. That, I mean, as if the Jets don't have enough going against them to try to find somebody to take this job now. <laughs> the fact that the owner, who's never won a thing in his life, is now butting in and saying, do this, do that. Uh, I mean, could you? Can we put some more on top? It's almost like when my cousin Vinny, when uh, when uh, Marissa Tomei's character <laughs> is giving him a hard time, he's like, "Is there anything else we can put on top of this this pile right now?" I mean, can we put anything else on the pile to fix the Jets' offense? You're gonna have a, a free agent quarterback. You're gonna have a playoff mandate. You're gonna have a new offensive coordinator who has to fix the offense. Might have to fix the quarterback who doesn't seem like he can play, even though he's the second pick of the draft. I mean, what a mess. It's rough. It's rough. Ritzamini, is this Zach Wilson's last chance? Yeah, I mean, it might be the last chance for all of them over there. I think everyone, they might not acknowledge it publicly, but, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you get, you know, your third year, you should see a pretty big jump. Now, we saw a jump this year from four wins to seven wins, but if they don't make the playoffs next year, you know, they're in deep trouble next year. So, and I think they all recognize that, and they're going to go out and get a veteran quarterback, and they're going to try to pair him with an offensive coordinator 
you know, presumably not a rookie this time. Michael LaFleur was a rookie. They're going to try to get a guy with a track record. Future with the Jets. I do think they will keep Zach Wilson. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, they say that every year about every player, and they end up trading some guys. But I do think deep down they really want to continue to work with him and try to develop him. Now, is he going to be their starting quarterback on opening day next year? I sincerely doubt that. I do think they will bring in a veteran. But for whatever reason, the Zach LaFleur connection, they just weren't connecting, you know, and Zach's development is still paramount for this organization. And to bring them together for a third year and hoping that it would be different the third time really would be kind of a stretch, I think. All right, Rich, is the is um, Joe Douglas and company feeling the pressure of the way Zach Wiltz is playing now that we're talking about bust? Not only did they take him second, but that second pick was worth so much. You saw what uh, Miami got when they traded out of the third spot to San Francisco. And so the Jets could have traded down once, maybe twice, even picked a player like a Jamar Chase or a Micah Parsons and then still drafted a guy like Justin Fields. So they could have done different things. And some people there now might be saying, oh, man, I think that might be starting to come into their psyche right now and realizing the mistake they made. A lot of Justin Fields talk, Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's draft season, right? For a lot yeah. of teams, it's draft season. So now wacky stuff starts uh, being said and, and, and you know predicted and all these type of things. Here's my question. Because after listening to Rich, I had one idea, but listening to Rich makes me think something different. Are the Jets going to go out and get a starting quarterback this yes, offseason? I think or they are. Or are they going to go out and get a veteran quarterback this offseason? I think offseason? they're going out to get a veteran starting quarterback. Yeah. That, That's I mean, what I think they're going to do. You cannot have Zach Wilson no, really no, no, be no, in no. the conversation no, to no, start no, no, next no. season. No, 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 no. Okay. No, that's not what they're doing. They're going out. That's why you hear Carr. Right, yeah. You know, well, you Jimmy know, but, G. You know, that's why you hear Nobody knows the, the inner workings. of the. Look, it's obvious to all of us that that's what they mm-hmm. should do. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's yeah, what the Jets are going to do. Well, I think they're going to do that, Gordon, because as Rich said, and we and you and I both agree, there's going to be some furniture moving over one one Jets drive next year if they don't make the postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be year th- this is year three for your young quarterback. It was going to be year four, year five for Joe Douglas. It's year three for your head coach. I mean, you blew six games in a row. Six. I, I would love to know. <sighs> How many coaches lost six the final six games of the regular season and kept their job? Not many. Well, you know, and, and we don't know. Maybe they may not be done. Yeah. I, you know, I don't you know, I, I don't think I don't think Robert Sala is in the hot seat yeah, to be gone so. this offseason because and you know what saves him? The defensive play saves him. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the defense was close to the way it was last year. The defense didn't yeah, improve. Oh, no, that, that, you struggled with the head. Oh, he would yeah. be out. He'd be yeah. gone. They, we'd be talking about, could we get Sean Payton, please? Huh? Mm-hmm. And they still may go after him. There's no guarantee. There's no. There's no guarantee to say that they won't go after him. They yeah. still could. They still could go after him. But I, I really think that Salah will be. I think they'll give Salah one more shot. It's going to be I, I, don't, I don't know if any established co- – look, money fixes everything. But I don't sure. know that any established coach would be saying to themselves, you know what, let me get to the Jets and let me go fix Zach Wilson. It's – it's well, no, because – no, they're not coming here to fix Zach Wilson. They're coming here to win with a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they're coming here to do. And, oh, by the way, if Zach Wilson gets better, okay, that's nice. Then we'll trade him <laughs> or whatever we're going to do with him. Yeah. But, but 
you know, they're not they're not coming here saying that we're going to go with Zach Wilson as the starter. No, and any and any sensible head coach. Think about this. If 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 uh, your favorite guy, your 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 trader coach that you sent up here from Miami, oh Adam Gase. Gase? If Man, Gase he can come in. He's a quarterback whisperer, I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> he, he whispered Sam Darnold right to Carolina. <laughs> Get out of here as fast as you can. Yeah, he made them see ghosts. <laughs> yeah. yep. If if Gase could get the control he got, what could Sean Payton get for control? That's what you got to have here. If you're bringing, if you're bringing in a big time head coach, Gordon, you got to let them. They got to be able to to run their thing. They have to yeah, look how much, look how much power they gave Case. Yeah, and he didn't deserve it, it. it. It's short lived though. That's the problem. Is like you get the job, and it's like, oh yeah, you have the power, you have it. But then when things don't work out perfectly from from jump, then all of a sudden people start having says. And I mean, look, Salah's only been here two years, and now he's firing his best friend as the offensive coordinator because Joe Douglas picked the wrong guy with the second pick. Yeah. And the and the owner told him to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah, no. Yeah. The owner told him. You see, you see, it's you. It's either you or him or both. Well. Yeah, it was. I guess it was it's got to be closer you. to both than it was that nobody was <laughs> no going. No question. There's no question. <laughs> it was close. It was close. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll take your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight. Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Gordon, let's take some phone calls. Uh, let's go to Felix in the Bronx. Felix, you're next on ninety eight seven. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey Felix. Um, listen, uh, I, I've been I've been a, a Jets fan since Richard Todd, Sackers change, all that. I, I'm, I can't wait no longer. We we need to get to the promised land. We gotta get a good quarterback. We got a pretty good team. We forget about developing Seth Wilson. They, they, they gotta get rid of that kid. That kid is, I I called earlier in the year and I said he's not the one. He's not the one that's gonna take us there. Well, I think that's what they're going to do, Felix. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, they'll keep him around. Yeah, You, you know, can't make a worse choice, let's put it that way, if you no. want to look on the bright side. That's for sure. Although, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it would be tough to do a whole lot yeah. worse. The way it looks right now. Yeah. Wouldn't it be something, though? I mean, you know, can I give the Jet fans a little, little hope, Gordon? Mm-hmm. A little for hope. Uh, and I know he wasn't as bad as what we've seen from Zach Wilson. But look what Dayball's done with Daniel Jones. Absolutely. But see, again, the floor was, you just said it, the floor was higher. Yeah. And I, look, I, I'll be the first to admit I did not think that Daniel Jones could play at this high of a level um, and get the team to the playoffs with this cast of character. I thought you'd have to really improve the talent around him. But even his his floor was the turnovers. Yeah. Yep. And if you could fix that, well, then you have something to work with, and he's absolutely done that. But mm-hmm. – you know, with Zach Wilson, it's a, it's it's more than that. I think it's processing. I think it's yeah. like reading the defense and and being able to adjust during the play. I I, I think it's a lot. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of playing quarterback. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. He's got a lot to work on, Gordon. He just does. He's and his, and now with his confidence, you got to start from scratch with him because he's got yeah. no confidence. You got to start from scratch. Yeah, and I don't know if you can get the confidence back. Not unless you play. Not unless you have some success. 
And even like, I think the role model would kind of be what the, the Dolphins did with Tua this year. Mm-hmm. Because there were a lot of questions about him. He did not get in, he had a bad relationship, did not have a lot of trust in the previous coaching staff. So they went out and looked for somebody specifically who would build a relationship with Tua. And, but again, Tua's floor was higher than Zach Wilson's floor. Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't know what you're really hoping to or expecting to get out of the kid at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Little Buddha is in the Bronx. Little, Little Buddha. Buddha. Yes. Little Buddha. You're next on 98.7. What's up, my guys? How you doing? It's been a minute. Um, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to uh, my man, Buddha from the Bronx, no doubt. Um, also, I want to tell, um, tell uh, Gordon, uh, yeah. congratulations, uh, the number one football ESPN radio guy. Yes, the most That's accurate the picks five. on the wow. station as covered by the Cover 5 app. Thank you very much, Little Buddha. No doubt, no doubt. You're welcome, man. Um, I just want to bring you back to the Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. This is a deal, and I spoke to Larry long ago before I became Little Buddha from the Bronx. And I'm going to elaborate more. The issue with the Knicks is that they need a point guard, a second point guard, which we all know. But they need a center. That's the deal right there. If you think about it, can you imagine Hume playing right now his prime of Joel Embiid? playing right now for the Knicks. I tell wow. you this much, Luka Doncic would have won that game with that two-point at the end. What well, you're talking about superstars. That... Yeah, the Knicks don't have a superstar. If they could get a superstar right. at any position, I'd take them. <laughs> really? But <laughs> Mitchell Robinson's number is not even half of what Patrick Ewing's done. Not even half. Yeah, but so, see, little Buddha, they don't, they don't want him to score. Uh, no. I know what you're saying, and I really hear what you're saying. And you're right, you know, because he was talking about I can hit threes and I can do this. He made a move in a couple of games ago. I was like, oh, look at him. He's trying to get a little aggressive. The, you know, he doesn't he doesn't look to shoot because, I mean, you got Julius Randle shooting. You got R.J. Barrett shooting. You got uh, Jalen Brunson shooting. So, Lil Buddha, thanks for the phone call and, and the congratulations to Gordon. But they don't they don't look at him to be that way. He's more of a guy around the basket, picks up the loose change, Gordon. And I think that's what they want him to be. Now, if you're telling me that maybe they need a center to give them something on the second team, like maybe Hardenstein or, or you know, uh, when they have their backup centers, if you're telling me that they need some scoring from there, yes, I would agree with you. But Robinson, they, they want him to just block, be a force in the middle. That's what they want him to be. Yeah, and he's had his moment. I mean, he's, he's, he's stayed relatively healthy this year, which is yeah, a big plus. Surprise. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, he's naming like super, you know, like top yeah. five, top ten players in the league. Yeah, if yeah. the Knicks could get any of those guys, I don't care what position they play. Yeah, I'll take them. Yeah. The original Buddha from the Bronx. Fully grown Buddha. Yes, is next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, guys? Trey, happy birthday. It's too bad that link you tried to send me the other day didn't work for that box. <laughs> and then <laughs> the Washington even later on YouTube. <laughs> Little Buddha, what's up? Little Buddha, what's up? Listen, Joel Embiid ain't going nowhere. <laughs> no, he's certainly not coming here. <laughs> he definitely ain't coming to the Knicks. All right, listen, the tales of Sala and Gamora continue. You know, uh, <laughs> when Rob Sala called Michael LaFleur and told him, look, Woody told me I have to fire you. You know what Michael LaFleur said, right? Thank you. <laughs> Good looking out, baby. He's like, yo, he's like, yo, you staying here? <laughs> yo, if you could inject Rob Sala with truth serum right now, he'd tell you, damn, I wish I didn't take this job. 
you know, Woody Johnson, I mean, does he have any self-awareness? He sends out tweets about the uniforms, you know, how much he appreciated the fans' support at home and on the road. So, in turn, I'm going to show my appreciation by raising the prices of the tickets and the parking. I mean, this guy, he disgusts me, I swear to God. He's one of the worst owners in all the sports. But, you know, when you were talking about the Samini part, go ahead and check this out. Y'all got to listen to that later. Y'all played a couple of cuts. Listen to the whole part. Sort of at the end, Samini said, you know, the Jets have realized that Zach Wilson is never going to be the starting quarterback they thought he would be. You know, they're just going to see if they can try to develop him into, like, a backup quarterback. So you fired the offensive coordinator because he couldn't develop the number two pick into a backup quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) You ever see Hollywood Shuffle? When Robert Townsend was yes, 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 and he was yes. looking for Cookie Head Johnson, and he yeah. went in the studio with the test ego. Remember that big dude snuffed him? Yes. And he turned around and snuffed the little dude? Yes. That's, that's what that is right there. You, you can't make this up, man. I swear to God, we all know Rob Sala is getting fired next year. You know, whoever they're bringing here to be the offensive coordinator, you talk about it like they're bringing in somebody who's going to probably try to take his job. You know, I was thinking that before. But no, they won't, because anybody who has any merit assault is not even going to take that position with some lame duck coach and an owner who, let's be honest, the finger pointing starts with him. You're the one, you know, I've been all over Joe Douglas. And, you know, and I love how Joe, listen, everybody here is supposed to get fired except Joe Douglas. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> you, you know, you, know, you people are like, I want to keep Joe Douglas. You, you look at the first two drafts he had. Out of those two Disasters. drafts, he had one starter. Out of those two drafts, one starter, AVT, on the field this, uh, this um, year. And out of the draft that he had this year, he had two starters. So in three years, he gets you three starters out the draft. I love these guys that tell me how great a job he's done. But, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. But the, the point really, what I'm saying that for is, you know, at the end of all of this, at the end of all of this, like I said, we know Sal is going to be gone. You know, I don't know how many coaches Zach Wilson is going to get fired, maybe seven, eight. You know, he's never going to be anything that they thought he was going to be because they were stupid for thinking he was going to be something in the first place. But what happened is, is like what you just said a little while ago, Unc, is that the reason why people offered Mike LaFleur a job is because they understand what this is here. And see, Woody Johnson with his finger pointing, and it trickles down to every other person on the team. I mean, I love Joe Douglas to death. God, he, Joe Douglas, you, don't <laughs> you just hammered him a second ago. I love him to death, though. <laughs> you walk outside with him. Joe Douglas is that dude back in the days of high school. He'd be like, yo, them dudes is outside. They're ready to get it on with you. He's giving you all the information everything. You walk out that door, he's standing right inside that gymnasium while you're getting your ass kicked. <laughs> you know, the, whole, the whole situation is horrible, and everybody is looking at the Jets. So when Salad gets fired next year, as we all know he will, Woody Johnson is going to hire another desperate coordinator. And the cycle continues. I mean, listen, I got offered tickets to go to like five games this year. You know which one I went to? Zero. I'm not paying dollars parking. I'm not buying your concessions. Woody Johnson, 
can kiss my natural black, you know what? All right, boo. Thanks for the phone call. Before, before we'll be right before we're banned. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll come back and take more calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Gordon, before we leave, let's talk a little bit about the New York football giants. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they've got a, a lot of people that are talking about them. A lot of folks are saying, you know, they got they, they expect them to win. You and mm-hmm. I both expect them to win Sunday, yep. uh, Saturday against, uh, you know, Minnesota because we, you know, Minnesota Sunday. doesn't. They're the, Sunday. They're the 4 yeah, o'clock Sunday. game. Right. Yep. It's 425 Sunday. Uh, you know, because, you know, it's Minnesota. <laughs> and yeah. the quarterback is, you know, not trustworthy. And we don't trust the team. We don't trust no. the Vikings. No, we trust we trust Jefferson. We just don't trust the rest yes. of the team. We trust him. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum says, "You know what? I'm thinking Giants too." Absolutely. You know, it's funny. We were on Max Kellerman's show this just in yesterday, and they were all asking for the upset of the week, and it was unanimous. You know, Brian Dayball will be coaching his 31st playoff game this weekend. He's 23 and seven in NFL playoff games. That's unbelievable. 23 and seven in playoff games. They're the better football team. They're the more complete team. They barely lost the last time they were up there, and I expect them to win. I think this is one of these situations, guys. If they play ten times, the Giants win at least six or seven of those ten. Wow. I don't think Minnesota has a good defense. I don't think they could close out games, and I fully expect the Giants to win. You agree with that, Gordon? Out of 10, they would win six or seven? Well, here's the thing. Like, if the Vikings get a let's, – let, let's play it out a couple of different ways. Vikings mm-hmm. get out to an early lead. Do you trust that the Vikings are going to be able to hold that lead? I don't. Mm. If the Giants were to get out to an early lead, I would have more confidence in the Giants. And, and, and part of the, the Vikings getting out to the early lead, Giants are used to playing from behind. Yeah, yeah. So and if it's a close game late, I have a I have more confidence in the Giants executing down the stretch. The only there's only one angle of the Giant game that I don't like if I were a Giant fan, mm-hmm. and it's that everybody likes the Giants this week. Yeah, I don't something? I don't like that one bit at all. I would not like that. That's what Harvey was saying last night. He's very yeah. concerned that everybody's jumped on this bandwagon. It's getting, mm-hmm. The bandwagon's getting kind of heavy. Well, because you look at the, the, the opponents, and as we mentioned uh, the other day, like if you were to give any of the teams in the NFC a choice of who they would play, I think the Vikings would probably be number one. Yeah. Isn't that, which like, is crazy. Which is crazy, Gordon, because you've got a San Francisco team with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, I mean, they're a monster right now. I know. Uh, they're, they're, they're an absolute monster. I know. Um, but the the NFC is is very wide open this year. It is it feels like, especially with the uh, the Jalen Hurts injury. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, look, the Giants they go in there. I don't think that they if they lose, it's 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 disappointing. Um, I don't think that they have to win the game. They've already had a successful year because it's the first year of the new regime. You you want to win the game, no question. But I don't think they have to win the game. But, uh, yeah, I kind of do think that they should win the game. I think they are the more complete team. They are. I just – I would feel better if, if they had a little bit more offense. Oh, of course. If they had more offense, they might be favored. Yeah, I would feel a little better about them. I, you know, I, I don't trust Minnesota, but I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota won the game. Yeah, the quarterback worries me. I know. I know. Even I would n- there would be no lead really. I would feel comfortable if I bet on the Vikings in that game. Like even mm. if it was like 20 points. Yeah. I don't know that I'd feel all that comfortable about being on the Vikings side. Wow. 
Daniel Jones, will you be nervous on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I certainly get, you know, you get excited. You get, you know, some nerves going into a game. And, yeah, I expect to, to have some of that for sure. I think we all do. But, you know, once you get there, once you settle in and, and start playing, it's what we've been doing. It's about executing and, and doing our job. So, you know, I think that's a big thing. All right. So, you know, you heard what Gordon had to say just now, Daniel Jones. You know, people didn't expect you to be here. So are you kind of playing with house money going into this game? We're definitely not satisfied just to have made the playoffs. You know, that's not how, how we see it as a group. We were confident in our team dating back to training camp and knew what we were able to accomplish. So, yeah, we're by no means satisfied just to be in the playoffs. We expect to, to play well and to win, and, and that's our expectation every week. That doesn't change us. Richard's in Manhattan. Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hi, Larry. Hi, Gordon. You know, I was looking at the six games spread-wise, the uh, Vegas – there's only one that doesn't make sense to me, the Jaguars-Charger uh, game. Now, Chargers are 10-7, and, and Jaguars are 9-8. and eight. It's only a one-game difference. Jaguars were playing well at the end of the season. They're playing at home, yet they're a one-point underdog. Don't you, don't you think that's a little surprising? Wouldn't you expect the Jaguars to be a little bit favorite there? Yeah, I guess I would because of the home field, and they are the hotter yeah. team. There's no question about it. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought, Larry. Same thing. You know, as far as the Giants, let's not forget something big. The Giants traditionally, and we've been watching them for years and years, they're not a real dome team. In other words, they don't do in, do well inside the dome because they've never had that kind of offense, high-scoring offense. So this will be a little different to keep the game down low, you know, like the Parcells did against Buffalo in the Super Bowl 91. You know, this is an indoor game where scoring can be rampant, and, uh, and Minnesota certainly has that capability. So this will be a little different for them because it's indoors, so there's no weather factor here. Yeah. It's, you know, totally on the carpet, and they got the wide receivers and the running backs, Minnesota, that, you know, favors them for that. But uh, one last thing, Larry, did you see uh, Miami had 40 for 40 from the foul line yesterday? I did see that, yeah. Broke around. But you know what else is funny, too? Nobody mentioned it. Butler, Jimmy Butler went 23 for 23. He took more foul shots than Oklahoma City attempted. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, which is kind of funny. And the game was a one-point game. So if Miami would have missed one of their foul shots, it would have went to overtime. Mm-hmm. But Oklahoma City shot lousy at the foul line. I think they were 12 for 21. So they have no kick about Miami scoring more points, you know, shooting all those, although they do have a kick. But they shot a lot more field goals, uh, free throws. But they missed a lot of free throws, Oklahoma City. So pleasure that's always, why they lost. All right, Richard, thanks for the phone call. And, Gordon, to, to your point, though, with all the offense that Minnesota has, I, you, you know, you look at what the Giants can do defensively with a Wink Martindale, you feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, look, the Giants have to follow the blueprint. If Even if they fall behind early, it can't be by more than one score. Uh, you don't want things to – because they do have a potent offense where they could – everything could click right. Uh, but if they can keep it close, even be trailing at halftime, I don't think it matters all that much because we've seen the Giants. Their, their blueprint is keep it close – execute out execute the other team in the fourth quarter and win close games so uh, I have a I have confidence that the Giants could do that uh, on Sunday I do as well and tomorrow night Gordon will will dig deep and look at all the weekend yes. scores and and just really lock in and, and just break it down for the people have a little fun all right, all right my friend uh, you be good on the radio I'll see you tomorrow night sounds good Larry
All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Thank you for joining us as always. Uh, Joe Harvey, thanks very much. Up next, Freddie and Fitz, they'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN New York.